The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Subscribe and share. Joseph Brahma, the man who invented the modern toilet. What else did he invent? <laughs> um, was he from Flushing, Queens, by chance? Um, <laughs> what percent of people have zero sexual fantasies? Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we scour the internet to get information that you really don't need. Or do you? Well, join us this week as we talk about science, a little bit of history, some inventions, and open up the mailbag, and of course, a little bit of sex. Okay? Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. By listening once a week, you'll get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, hello there, and welcome once again to another episode of the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Hi, everybody, from sunny Florida. Hello, from beautiful Toronto, Canada. <laughs> and uh, the first thing I'm going to do today, first order of business, we had so many emails this week, I figured, you know what, let's just start the show with some mail. What's in the mail bag? What's in the mail? Eleonora from Bentonville, Arizona writes, mm. Dear Nick and Roy, we love your podcast. My, my teenage son has been acting up lately. And again, it sounds like one of those Dear Abby ones, you know? Yeah, it's <laughs> Dear Nick and Roy. My teenage son has been acting up lately, and I have often said to him that he is just running amok, running amok. Mm -hmm. I've used this expression many, many times, and you guys had me wondering, so I'm sorry about that, but where did that expression come from, running amok? So, Eleonora from Bentonville, Arizona, it means to behave uncontrollably or disruptively. The origin, the saying comes from a Malaysian word meaning amok, A-M-O-Q, which describes the bizarre behavior of tribesmen Whoa. who, under the influence of opium, would become wild and attack people. Yeah, I used to do that in high school. <laughs> yeah. So, so Eleonora, I would, I would go, I would check out your teenage son's room because he might be hiding some stuff. Look at me causing family troubles. Anyway, running amok comes from the Malaysian word amok. Cool. Well, there you go. What was her name, Eleonora? Eleonora from Bentonville, Arizona. Oh, well, that, that's great. Thank you, Eleonora. And we did get a lot of, we, we get loads of mail now, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, so, Lou. Lou from Kansas. I love this one. Lou just starts right into it. He goes, why don't you guys talk about sports? <laughs> you know, okay. I guess... I guess Lou's not happy with the show. Why are you listening, Lou? <laughs> no. I'll help him out with that. Lou, the score is two to one. 
Yeah, we did sports. Yeah. We're, doing, <laughs> we're doing horse racing. And they're off. The race is over, and Lou loses. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. What was the old thing, the, the, the trick question? What was the score before the game started? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Nothing, Lou, nothing. Why don't we talk about sports? You know what? We will probably do that now because we'll do like a sports segment, which we were talking about at one point when Nick was down here That's in Florida right. in December. So, but... Mm -hmm. We will start doing that, but we'd much rather talk about sex. So, you know, That's right. <laughs> I don't see like anybody has any problem with that. But, you know, no, so, not at all. Sex, sports. But be, being that Lou said this, I said, let me do something cool for Lou. So here's a cool fact about the University of Kansas, because Lou is from Kansas. The University of Kansas had only one coach with a losing record in the entire history of the school every single basketball coach at the university of kansas had a winning record now that doesn't mean they won every year but if they were there for five years they had a larger winning record than losing record okay except for one his name was james nesmith okay ready for this lou <laughs> james nesmith pretty much invented basketball he invented the basketball <laughs> He's the only coach that had the losing record. The guy who basically invented the sport is the guy who right. couldn't play the freaking thing, right? Oh, but thanks to uh, Naismith, I mean, he was a Canadian, yes. by the way. That's why basketball is a Canadian invention. So once we get into sports, we will talk all about that kind of stuff. But yes, Naismith was Canadian. I think he used peach baskets in the first uh, iterations of yeah. basketball. Well, thank you, Lou. Thanks. Thank you, James Nesmith. And by the way, Podcast at Outlook.com is our email address. What did the man You know what's, what's really interesting about those two pieces of email that we got? Why? They're kind of sexy. Oh, yeah. Let me loosen my bow tie. Here we go. Wow, 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 Oh yeah, all about sex. The following segment of the totally useless information podcast may be too sultry and too sexy for some listeners. To the rest of you, please keep your hands where we can see them. Nick and Roy are not responsible for any monkey business. As a result of this segment, uh, women mm -hmm. get erections. Oh, yes. Women actually get erections in their genital area, even, well, I hope so, <laughs> uh, even though they're smaller than the male counterpart, they're just as important, says Sadie Allison. She says she is a sexologist mm -hmm. and she's the founder of Tickle Kitty. Ah, yep. okay. Tickle she's also. Kitty. That's right. Interesting name. Uh, and the author of Tickle His Pickle, Your Hands-On Guide on Penis Pleasing. And what was That's it called? Right. Yeah. Tickle Kitty? So, doctor. <laughs> it's, it says, it's Sadie, it's Sadie Allison, okay? Yeah. She, she's a, a serious person who did a lot of research on this. Mm -hmm. Okay? <laughs> Hands-on. Available on all bookstores and on, on online bookstores. By Sadie, the so lovely the lady. <laughs> So is it... Clitoris or cl clitoris is made up of the same spongy erectile tissue as the penis, ah. which expands and engorges with blood when aroused. Thank you, Sadie Allison, the founder of Tickle Kitty. Mm. 
Thank you, uh, Sadie, for, for telling us all that. This was a study done. What is the first thing that people do after sex? What do you think? Smoke a cigarette? Yeah, I would think smoke something a like that. Maybe use the bathroom. I don't smoke. Well, you know, now nowadays it's become check their Facebook and Twitter accounts. More than no. Almost 40% of people surveyed said the first thing they do after sex. Like, what are they looking for, a score? What is this, the Olympics? They're waiting for people to put up like 10. Yeah. 5.2. And you know what the Russian gave them? Anyway, yes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine that, though? 40% check their Facebook and Twitter account. Wow. wow. Talk about tweeting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got a post for you. Uh, three. Here's my teaser. What percentage of people have zero sexual fantasies? 3%. 3% people in a survey found that they have zero sexual fantasies. So that means 97% of us have sexual fantasies, according to Justin Lies. 3% of people in the world are in a coma. <laughs> study found at the Kinsey Institute, and the author of Tell Me What You Want, Okay, the science of sexual desire and how it can help you improve your sex life. Yeah. What is it with these long book titles? I know. By the time you read the book title, you're out of the mood. Right, like tickle your pickle with the hands on mickle. <laughs> right. The vast majority Ow. say they fantasize. Are you all right? This is my knee. <laughs> Just, I'm glad it wasn't my the real knee. I'm glad it wasn't my clitoris. <laughs> Um, so according to this survey, 97% uh, do actually have sexual fantasies. The surprising part is there are some people who report zero sexual fantasies. Yeah, right. Sure. Wow. I mean, according to this stuff. Well, I got one here that's pretty interesting. You think men mm -hmm. get it on more than women, right? Right. Wrong. Oh. Women have sex 17% more often than men. Now, listen, it's a survey of women. They have sex 17% more often than men. Now, just think about this. That means that if they're having sex 17% more, they're probably not having it with men, because if they're having it with men, it would still be 50-50, right? Right, yeah. Okay, so that means that there's a lot of lesbian sex going on if they're having 17% more of it. Right. So you can fantasize about it. <laughs> Uh, the cliche, not tonight, honey, I have a headache. We've all heard that, right? Yes. Well, believe it or not, a headache may actually help you to get more in the mood. A migraine headache, yeah. those who suffer from migraines, reported higher levels of sexual desire, according to the research. Why? The study suggests that sexual desire and migraine headaches may be influenced by the same brain chemical. That's why having a headache, a migraine, might even help you be in the mood. But that's been the excuse to not do it for what, forever, right? Yeah. Does that mean that women are lying? <laughs> are. How could that be? Straight women. Straight women. Oh, this is, we even say these things. This is so sick. Straight women right. who said they were only aroused by men. They went into a study. At the Queen's University in good old Kingston, Ontario, you guys know it? Yes. Found that women, not men, but women, 
got aroused by any sexual stimulant they saw, which included nude men, nude women, heterosexual and homosexual scenes, and even animal sex. And women say that men are sexual animals, right? <laughs> okay. Exactly. Now, just, but just think about this. The men that were studied, they got mostly aroused by women's pictures and probably a few, I don't know, donkeys or something. I don't know, but, but whatever. <laughs> whatever, that's just me. No, no, so, no. no, but what I'm saying is this is a study done and the women were, were more likely to get aroused by all of them. Anything they saw was a sexual stimulant. And okay. women say men are sexual animals, huh? That's right. Roar! Oh, yeah. All about sex. Totally useless. <laughs> Information podcast. Hey, let's do some scientific stuff, shall we? Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. A equals nothing. It's science, science, science. Totally useless information podcast. Just by the way, so that you know, that jingle is probably one of the more popular ones. I've had two or three people tell me of all the jingles that we do on the show, they love the science one. And I was talking to my sister not too long ago, and she. She was singing it in the background. I'm like, what are you singing? She goes, I love that science jingle. So there you go. Yeah. Thank my wife you. Too. My wife sits there in the morning when we listen to the show and she goes, science, science, science. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't well. think she's doing it because of the jingle. I think there's something wrong with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, she married you, didn't she? I finally got to her. <laughs> and what do you got in the, the mad scientist that you are? Okay, get ready for this one. In 2015, a mere five years ago, a 17-year-old high school student named Mikio Kakuki, he built a particle accelerator in his parents' garage as a science project. Well, the only problem was it generated 20,000 times the Earth's magnetic field and produced an atom collision powerful enough to create antimatter. <laughs> so this kid, with some spare parts and a washing machine, created a particle <laughs> beam accelerator in his parents' garage. And we spent $450 trillion to create one on some 20-mile freaking thing. <laughs> what the hell is going on? And that kid now, he's what? He's, uh, he's 23 years old. He's probably head of the freaking... Uh, you know, Harvard freaking nuclear science facility. Ironic about the whole story is that when he was, his mom told him to do his laundry, he said no, and yet he used a washing machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was using it for something else. There is acid in your stomach that is mm -hmm. so strong, it can actually dissolve zinc. What? It is so strong. There's a lot of acid in your stomach. It's strong enough to dissolve zinc. At the same time, it doesn't destroy your stomach because your stomach walls constantly renew themselves, therefore yeah. protecting itself from its own strong acid. Cool. I take Tums. In 19... <laughs> in 1960, this is where my stomach can stay the way it is. <laughs> you know how people have like side dishes? When my wife cooks, I have a side dish of Tums. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's a great cook. Come on. In 1960, 
A scientific study tried to teach dolphins to speak English. The dolphins were given, now remember, it's 1960. So the dolphins were given LSD. And then they began to teach them. <laughs> okay. Dolphins learned how to say some key phrases like, hey, man, look at the cool colors. <laughs> I mean, okay. We spent money on shooting up dolphins with LSD and then having a scientist sit there who probably shot up himself and talk right, to yeah. them for an hour or two. <laughs> Going, hello, hello, dolphin. What's the porpoise of life? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Uh, women blink twice as many times as men do. Mm. Okay? So, if you look at the your significant others or some lady in the eye, well, you have to ask her permission first. Exactly. And ask her, how many times do you blink? The women blink more, okay? Mm. So, it's... Can I finish my fact? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. They're more prolific than their male counterparts, blinking twice as much. The numbers may vary, but apparently, according to some of the studies, it, the women blink 15 or so every four seconds. They blink 15 times every four seconds, although this can increase when one is anxious or tired. That mm -hmm. makes sense. In addition to the rumored double blinkage, Men's Health Magazine reports that women who are on birth control pills blink 32 times more frequently than women who aren't on the pill, for whatever reason. They blink so much, there's wind in the room. 12,000 years ago, just only 12,000 years ago, because that's a short amount of time in the span of the Earth. Yes. There was a species closely related to modern humans called Homo florensis. Now, that is not to be speaking about their sexual preferences. Their name was Homo florensis. They lived on an Indonesian island, and they used fire and advanced tools only 12,000 years ago. Yet they were only three feet tall and weighed 25 kilograms. How much would that be, Nick? In, in it's uh, probably like 50 pounds or so. So they were three feet tall and weighed 50 pounds. The reason for their extinction is unknown. I'd say they came up a little bit short, but... <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit short. By the way, it's 55.11 pounds, just to be precise, because we like to be precise on the totally yeah. useless information. As luck would have it, what a great segue. My next topic for the science section on the totally useless information podcast, fat tongues. Fat tongues. Yeah. Obesity is known to be the primary risk factor for obstructive sleep apnea. Hmm. And a new U.S. study suggests that the main risk might be very close to your tongue. Research from the University of Pennsylvania using MRI to measure the effect of weight loss in the upper airway in obese patients yeah. found that reducing tongue fat is a primary factor in lessening the severity of the debilitating condition. So a thinner tongue will help those suffering from sleep apnea. You know on that island, that Indonesian island with the Homo florensis? There's yes. a sport. It's called florensis tossing. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we're going to have an email. That's what's from Joe. <laughs> Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. 
Totally useless information podcast. Typodcast.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us and if you'd like to send us a lawsuit, hey, everything, anything is welcome. <laughs> anything to make us famous. <laughs> That's right. But in the meantime, let's talk about history. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. What happens tomorrow is history. Here's another shot, Anderson, right in. He scores! Anderson! What happens the day after that is history. A swing and a belt. Left field, way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are going. I guess every day is uh, history. Yeah. Roy, why don't you start this one off? I think you, you deserve to be the first one in this history. You know, Cleopatra was known to be um, one of the most beautiful women of all times. She was supposedly amazingly sexually alluring. Men that saw her could not resist Cleopatra. She was the last queen of Egypt. And the oh. funny part was she was not an Egyptian. And most people don't even know that. She probably was not even the same color as Egyptians. Egyptians were probably brown-skinned or light brown-skinned, whereas Cleopatra was probably a light-skinned person because she was Greek. In fact, she was related in the line of Alexander the Great and the daughter of some captain under Alexander the Great. So she was actually Greek. And she would have been white-skinned as opposed to brown-skinned Egyptian. Pretty wild, right? So what you're telling us is she didn't walk like an Egyptian, or did she? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> now, speaking of Greece, in ancient Greece, wearing a skirt was manly. In Greece? Yes, in ancient Greece. Right. The men was... wore skirts? It was manly to wear a skirt. In fact, the ancient Greeks viewed trousers as effeminate and would mock any men who wore them. Right. Well, you had to have someplace under the skirt to hide your tickle kitty. <laughs> Eunuch? <laughs> so go ahead. These Greeks are all running around with skirts on. The men are, yes. And it was considered to be manly if you did. The Scots, too, right? The Scottish. Yeah, the Scottish. They wear kilts. Yeah. Well, there you go. Are you bringing this up for a reason, Nick? Are you wearing a skirt right now or something? No, I'm not. I don't know. Please, God, I don't want to know. And you pull up the tickle kitty? Ah, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you were saying with your next history item? Yes, the biggest thief in history. Who do you think was the greatest thief in history? Stole more things than anyone else. Al Capone. Good guess, but no. <laughs> no. You were like, yay, I got something right. Did I win? No, you get no, nothing. Say yeah, Al Capone, so you feel good. No, I would never do that. I would never lie to the public. Okay, the biggest thief in history was the beloved Thomas Edison. No. Oh yes. The man had some um I forget how many patents. I don't have it written down here, but they had the amount of patents. It was like Stole it. He stole your piece of paper that told you how many patents. Probably that bastard. There's like 40,000 patents that the guy had. Most of them were stolen. He did not invent almost everything. In fact, some of the largest ones, like the Victrola, were not his. He stole that one. 
He also stole the light bulb from um, Warren de la rue a, a frenchman he stole of course ac power from tesla okay and in fact the light bulb was actually created 40 years before because they had invented electricity but they didn't really know what to do with it as much but the guy invented a light bulb that guy uh invented the light bulb warren he invented it 40 years before but of course edison stole all these patents because the people weren't sharp enough to figure out, I guess, how to patent them or whatever. And he just went around stealing people's ideas and making it seem like he was such an incredible inventor. So that's right. That's, that's how crazy history is, right? It is. And you know what? If they should have thrown him in jail and they would say, okay, Edison, lights out. <laughs> we believe that Betsy Ross designed the American flag. Do you know why we believe this? You know, American history is scary as all hell because mm -hmm. her grandson said she did. In fact, his quote was, my gam gam had the idea. Betsy Ross's grandson called her gam gam. Now, I want to punch the kid in the face because you who calls them gam gam. I'm just I'm sorry. If you call your grandmother gam gam, there's something wrong with you. And you need a you need a therapist. You need help. Okay, but anyway, he says his gam gam did it. Would you believe that throughout history we believe that Betsy Ross created the design for the American flag because her grandson said she did? But that's not even the truth. They find out later that it was Francis Hopkins, the New Jersey senator, so to speak, at the time there were no senators, but he was not only a New Jersey so-called senator, he was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He designed the flag. She sewed a flag, but he designed the flag and many of the seals that we use today, presidential seal, the seal of the United States, and so on. This guy, Hopkinson, designed him. His name was Francis Hopkinson. So there you go. We're just, we're fixing history here. You know, we're just fixing it, Nick. We're getting a little bit pissed. Maybe he called her Gam Gam because she had some really nice gams. We all know that the British are known for drinking tea, right? Yes, they love it. In 1944, a German Tiger tank was ambushed and destroyed mm. because 30 armored British vehicles actually were destroyed in 15 minutes while the crew were having an impromptu tea break. What? Yeah, so this is what, yeah, that's what happened. A German Tiger tank was ambushed because they were on a tea break. So this made a British high command realize that if tank crews can only make some tea on the go, they wouldn't be susceptible to being caught with their pants down and their kettles out by their enemy. So after this, the next British-designed battle tank, the Centurion, came nice. with a boiler fitted to the interior, powered by the tank's electrical circuits, so that the crew would never be short of a lovely, warm cup of tea. Isn't that nice? And maybe they shot crumpets at the enemy. <laughs> I guess every day is a history. Oh my yeah. god. Totally useless information podcast. You know what do they say? Um what is the mother of invention? What was her name? Who's the, the necessity, yes. Inventioner. That's right, inventioner. Necessity Gam -gam. is the mother of Gam Gam. Gam Gam was the mother of all inventions. Innovate <laughs> ideas. The totally useless information podcast presents 
Inventions. Presents Gam Gam. Gam Gam. <laughs> Presents Gam Gam. Um, so if you'd like for us to do any research on any inventions that you think of, give us a, a send us an email. TUI podcast at outlook.com. In 1876, a mustache shield was patented by Virgil Gates. The invention was designed to keep facial hair out of the way when eating or drinking. 1876. Mustache shield. Virgil Gates. Yes. Wow. He had a mustache. He had a mustache. And his favorite song was Don't Fence Me In. My name's Gates. Okay. Joseph. Joseph Brahma, this was my teaser, by the way. Joseph okay. Brahma, the man who invented the modern toilet, the one that we all know and love, the one that we all visit. and definitely Yes, okay, we understand what it is. You don't have to explain it. Joseph Brahma, the man who invented the modern toilet, also invented something else. What was it? Believe it or not, it was the draft beer tap. This guy, Joseph Brahma, invented the modern toilet bowl. He also invented the beer tap system that you see today. We pull the, the lever down and get yourself a nice beer with a perfect head on it. Yeah. Now think about this. You said that necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Well, think about this one. What did he invent first? I'm sure he invented the beer tap first because he drank so much beer he had to take a piss. He needed a toilet bowl. <laughs> That's right. You don't buy your beer, you rent it. Right, and excuse the <laughs> word piss. I should have said urinate. So please scratch the word piss and put in the right. word urinate. Go on, Nick. <laughs> um, the um, intermittent windshield wiper. What a great invention, wasn't it? Yes. Right? Because, you know, before the intermittent windshield wiper was invented, you either had a regular speed or fast speed or off, right? Those are the only speeds. But the inventor of the intermittent windshield wiper was Robert Kearns. He came up with the game-changing idea after a wedding night mishap. Hmm. A champagne cork flew straight into his left eye, leaving him with irregular blinking patterns. And so because of his irregular blinking, that's how he came up with the idea of the intermittent windshield wiper. Kearns later went blind and suffered from a mental breakdown after years in court, battling Ford and other automakers, accusing them of pilfering his revolutionary design. There's a movie about that. That's right. It was called Flash of Genius, and Kearns was portrayed by Greg Kinnear. It was in 2008, that film, Flash of so, Genius. Whoa, Mr. Kearns. You've heard of the whoopee cushion, but you didn't know... Excuse me, not only have I heard of the whoopee cushion, I have heard whoopee cushion. <laughs> okay, so the whoopee cushion, we all know of the whoopee cushion. We all know that it makes the farting noises. What most people didn't know was that it was invented by a 14-year-old Roman emperor. Really? He invents the whoopee cushion, and he loves it. And when he invites dignitaries over and people over of high you know, society... He loves to put the whoopee cushions under their chairs. And he laughs for hours at his guests' dismay when they fart. Okay, and he goes, ha ah, ha, he points at the, ah, he's 14. Okay, he finds this funny. Hell, I'm 50-something, and I find it funny. <laughs> but here's the yes. problem. Yeah. He's, he laughed at them for hours. People probably 
hated this little bastard to the point where at the age of 18, they assassinated him. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they stabbed him like 30 times. And right before he died, he said, why? And they went. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah. The 15-year-old was um, buried in a whoopee cushion. He was buried um, right next to his farter. <laughs> the invention, we're in inventions, yes. The revolver camera. Ah. Is, it was a Colt 38 small camera that automatically takes a picture when you pull the trigger. Yeah, that's great. Right? So though the revolver's camera history is pretty blurry... That he couldn't get it to focus. <laughs> Pretty blurry. <laughs> Records indicate this contraption was created and photographed in 1938 in New York. So uh, the device itself is a very tiny camera attached to both the underside of the barrel and a f and front of the trigger guard of the Colt 38 special revolver. The camera mm -hmm. was somehow configured so that each time you you pull the trigger, a photo was snapped simultaneously. Maybe that's where they came. We're up with the expression, I went to shoot some photos. Peter M. Roberts, old Peter Roberts, as a teen, invented the quick-release ratchet. Now, mine were about a lot of young people, which is pretty cool. He invented the quick-release ratchet. Before that, you had to pull the ratchet heads off, and this you hit the button, and it would come right off. Well, yes. he brought it to Sears, who had craftsman tools at the time, and... He said, what do you think about this idea? And they said, ah, it's worthless, but we'll buy it for you from you for $10,000. And he says, okay. And he sells it to him for $10,000. Well, at last, at last uh, check, they made well over $44 million just on the design itself. Wow. So here's a little bit of advice to you, Peter Roberts. Number one. You need representation. Number two, your parents aren't too smart either. But number three, when somebody says to you, what you're holding is worthless, but I'll give you $10,000, you know you're getting screwed. <laughs> you know what? When he was trying to take it with it, they said, stop that ratchet. Innovation. Ideas. Inventions. Once wow. again, if you have an invention idea, send us an email, typodcastoutlook.com. But that's all the time we have for you. Well, if you this have an invention week. idea in the subject matter, right? Thomas Edison, because we're going to steal your invention. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that this whole show is gone? Yes, just like that. Yeah, I'll tell you the truth. You know, Nick, it's what, like a half hour, 45 minute show? It, it's spending time with you, it feels like two, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> An hour and a half Canadian. <laughs> listen folks subscribe hit the subscribe button because if you hit that subscribe button every thursday our show will pop up and you can you can uh, get to see it also put it on facebook share us share us with your friends when you see it on facebook hit that share it really helps us out and we do appreciate it. we love what we're doing and the show is growing so much we are all over the world literally in how many countries nick too many to mention yeah, it's what over 30, right? 30 countries. Easily over 30. Yes, over 30 countries. Yeah, so it's amazing. We are all over the place. We're in places where I don't even understand how they understand what we're saying, but they apparently do so good. And that includes English-speaking countries, yes. All right, we have a few Abor Aborigines in Australia, and to those people, I'll say... 
<laughs> so listen, tell a friend about the trend. We'll have more for you next time. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>